Hey 49ers fans, it's 49ers fangirl Tracy, and I am joined as always by SoCali Steph. Hi Steph, how are you? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, I'm excited that we have an awesome guest today. We have Melissa Jacobs from The Football Girl, the newly relaunched Football Girl. How are you, Melissa? I'm good. Thanks for having me, you guys. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. And I want to take a minute just to compliment the site. It looks amazing. I'm really enjoying my newsletter, which everybody should be subscribing to. Uh, so just big congratulations on everything. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's uh, it's been great to be, to be back, uh, being independent and, you know, producing the kind of content that we want. And, you know, I think our community of female fans is, is growing pretty, pretty rapidly. Which is fantastic. You know we appreciate that and Fangirl yes. Sports Network for sure. Um, girl power. Yes, girl power. Ooh. Um, well, let's dive right in. The 49ers have potentially some big news coming this week in terms of the quarterback position. Uh, but before we get to that, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the New York Giants and their decision at quarterback. Um, it was announced right before we were recording this podcast that they are benching Eli Manning for Geno Smith, uh, which I know is not 49ers related, but it is football related, and I find it to be a very odd decision. Well, aren't the 49ers responsible for the beginning of the end for I get you know what? Maybe they are. That is true because they did that that one win. Exactly. I think you're probably no, it, right. It's baffling. I mean it's it's just an unbelievably stupid decision. I mean, to to go in front of your fans and try to purport that you have a better chance to win a football game with Geno Smith than Eli Manning is insane. It is insane. And I would totally, I mean, maybe I wouldn't totally get it, but I personally could understand it more if they were like, we want to start Davis Webb and see what we have there. Yeah. That would make yeah. a little more sense. But like, you know what you have in Geno Smith. That's yeah. And also Geno Smith is on, I mean, yeah, and everyone in New York knows what you have in Geno Smith beyond the Giants. And also Geno Smith is on a one-year deal. So if you are, like you just said, if you really are scouting for your long-term, you, you put Davis in there, not Geno. Yeah, I find it all very. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think you know, I, a lot of there's a lot of speculation that the decision came from management and maybe ownership, and I, I would kind of tend to believe that because McAdoo is clearly trying to save his job and is desperate, and this would not be the move to do that. So it sounds like McAdoo and probably Eli Manning will both you know not be there next year. I imagine. So I have a feeling there may be a lot of people in the New York Giants organization who will not um, be there next year. Um, but we've we've seen that. We've seen how that goes. In, yeah, in the 49ers fans know exactly how that works. We know how it goes. First, first goes the quarterback, then goes the coach, or then goes the GM, and then goes the coach. You know how we know how it goes. So totally. Well, there's no uh, there's no Kyle Shanahan uh, waiting in the wings for the Giants. Unfortunately for them. No, there's not. I can't imagine who would end up taking that job, but, um, that is not of our concern right now, but I did, um, I just found the whole situation odd. And so I wanted to touch on that, especially cause it is the quarterback position and the 49ers have, um, somewhat of a quarterback conundrum, uh, going on. And we'll know later this week, uh, probably tomorrow or later today, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, um, as to who will be starting for the 49ers, uh, my predict prediction is Jimmy Garoppolo. So I don't know what everybody else's prediction is, but that's mine. We'll start there. 
Yeah, I, I almost wanted to cheer there, but then I was thinking about cheering for all the fans cheering for Jimmy Garoppolo as Beathard late on the field, so I neglected to do it. But I also think Jimmy Garoppolo will be starting in Chicago. And you know, in, and I will say, in fairness to the fans, um, I did not feel I 100% understand what Eric Reed is saying and what Ruben Foster is saying. I did not feel that they weren't cheering because Beathard was down. The cheering started from where from where I could see from the press box. The cheering started when Garoppolo started warming up, and so I think that was the cheering. The it was an unfortunate confluence of events and, and a coinciding of timing. Um, and, you know, perhaps fans do need to be, you know, more sensitive to that. But it, it did not seem to me that the, that he went down and then the fans were like, oh, this means Garoppolo's going in and now we're going to start cheering. But Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I just think, like, I texted a few people, too, um, and I can see why certain players felt that way because that was the perception. I mean, they the first thing, you know, they're not thinking – who's coming in next, they're seeing their their friend, their man, their totally. starter, their quarterback on the field hurt, and that's their perception. And any cheering of any kind, it, and I get the fans are excited and they're all, you know, hyped about, you know, Garoppolo, um, but it was the perception because of the timing. And so I guess it was just a bad timed response, but um, I hope that fans learn a little bit from that, though, because if somebody's on the ground, no matter how excited you are about the next guy coming in, you know, you kind of you kind of have to, ten, you know, tame that excitement, you know, and temper it with a little kindness to the guy on the field. Absolutely, you yeah, don't. It's, see, start- it's just basic fan etiquette. There's a yeah. player injured on the field. You wait to resolve his situation, and then you can think about who's coming in next and be happy about that. I mean. Uh, Exactly. It's pretty logical. And because you didn't really know how bad. I mean, he was down there a little while, so you weren't really sure. Yeah. And and poor C.J. Beathard had been getting beaten up all game as he has week after week after week. So you really didn't know how bad it was. Um, so I think that was, you know, I think it was just an unfortunate timing. But agree, there is a lesson there on fan etiquette. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember a couple years ago when Cap was benched for Gabbert and... There was one play in that game where Gabbert went out and Cap went in and the fans booed. And I was like, yeah, that's bad fan etiquette too. So I think fan etiquette generally could use an upgrade. Um, and I hope I hope that what they said, you know, had an effect on fans in that way. Again, I don't think there was any maliciousness by the fans. But, you know, and Eric Reed made a really good point, which I think people don't think about. Like, people don't know what they go through and, you know, the punishment they put their bodies through and um, all of that. So that is that. So I, I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, when a player is down, you don't say anything or do anything until he's back up and you see that he's going to be okay. Um, so there's that. Um, but on to this week and on to uh, what is going to happen. Like I said, I think Garoppolo is going to start. Melissa thinks Garoppolo is going to start. Steph, what do you think? I just I think just after the beating that DJ's gone through, I think it makes sense. I think it's a good transition point. I think Garoppolo, you know, he's he's shown, you know, being, you know, a backup for so long. He's waited for this moment. I'm sure. I mean, these guys, these professional athletes, they want to play and they want to play as early as possible. It's just their nature. 
I think he's earned that. And, um, you know, I'm hoping they, they can do it. I don't think there's, I think the only thing that would stop it is that they are scared he's going to get injured. That's the only thing. But at the same time, you have to give your team the best chances of winning. And I think, especially against the Bears, that's our probably best chance of winning. I think. Yeah, and this this is look. I mean, as we've seen this season, you can't be scared of injury in the NFL. It's it's going to happen whether you have a good offensive line, a bad offensive line. I mean, we we've just seen it in mass this year, so. I don't think that's really excusable. Um, my my thought on it is, you know, I know I know everyone's saying that he's going to be tagged next year, but we still we still need to see this guy. We, I mean, the Niners and John Lynch still need to understand what that quarterback room is going to look like, where where they need to draft somebody or not need to draft somebody, and giving you know what was it five games left? I mean, that can at least give some glimpse. And if you, if you just kind of table him. You know, then then you might have to do this whole thing over again a year from now, which is not productive, obviously. And I think you bring up a good point in terms of whether or not they do need to drop somebody because, yes, they can absolutely tag him. I think they have been watching him pretty closely and would have gone after him in free agency this year if, if he wasn't a 49er now based on what they had seen. But I think you bring up a really good point in terms of the draft. Like, do they need to draft another quarterback, and that is kind of what they need to see in these next few games. And, you know, it also, he may do a little better behind this line. You know, he he probably is a better quarterback than C.J. Beathard, at least a little bit more experienced quarterback. So he may do a little better behind this line. So like you said, you can't necessarily be afraid of injury. And in a lot of ways, they may not have a choice. Beathard has gotten beat up, like, so badly. He is hurt. The extent of his injury may not be super long-term, but he is hurt. So you can't very well put a guy out there now who's already somewhat injured behind that line and just hope he makes it through the next five games alive. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb, and as much as I like C.J. Beathard's attitude, I'm going to say that Jimmy Garoppolo is 100% unequivocally a better quarterback than C.J. Beathard. I don't – you know what? I think I can support that, and I'm going to even say you didn't go out on that big a limb. (laughs) I think that that is a very, I think that's probably a very fair and educated statement. Thank you. You're welcome. That's what happens when you cover the sport for a living. Yeah. You really start to to see some things. Exactly. I spent a lot of time uh, looking at the tape to come up with that conclusion. Yes. But, you know, we even saw it in the... You know what was it? Two plays in the in the final minute. I mean, just just how I mean, Beathard can obviously move around, but Garoppolo moved around smartly. You know, and again, I'm obviously I'm using like a scintilla of time to make this statement, but we you know I saw that in New England too. We all saw that. I mean, he's just you know we don't you know he's gonna he's gonna have deficiencies obviously, but I think he he kind of knows his 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 positioning and his footwork look to be you know a little more like a strong veteran quarterback than a rookie who's still learning the speed of the game. A hundred percent. You could see a huge difference. It just, it, I granted it was three plays, but um, <laughs> there was, but there was a, there was a command for lack of a better term, I think in those three plays um, that um, is just different than what we have seen at all from a Fortnite's quarterback this season, even more than our good friend, Brian Hoyer. So, 
second. Yeah, I, I actually sometimes do forget that he did start for a lot of the season. <laughs> so um, Brian Hoyer is going to probably be wearing a ring in February, by the way. Yes, he is. Brian Hoyer is like, you know what? No problem. I'm going to go to New England, get myself a Super Bowl ring, not get beat up behind that line every day, not get beat up by the press and the fans. Totally cool. Good yeah, luck. He's living the life. Good luck, Jimmy. <laughs> have, have fun. <laughs> Good luck. Um, I will say this. If he starts on Sunday, I sincerely hope they win because I don't know if 49ers could take it if Jimmy Garoppolo starts on Sunday and they lose. Just, <laughs> it might just do some people in. Um, Twitter will up. I, Twitter will blow up. And you know how people are on Twitter. They're so calm and they... They right, <laughs> keep a really even keel. Because, because obviously, you guys, you know, you're there, Tracy, and you you cover to an extent the 49ers two stuff. I mean, what what is 49ers Twitter like these days? Oh, you know, like it, I'm it, it, in it, but I'm not. You know, I'm cover. You know, I'm watching all the other games too. So I, I you know, is it is because like Bills fans have just kind of, and, and even Giants fans to extent have banded together in, in the misery of their franchises, but. You know, the 49ers are different because they're not actually dysfunctional anymore. And so I'm just curious how. I actually think it could be worse and has been worse. You still, I still have those people that, you know, criticize, criticize, criticize. And like, we should have hired Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan's bus. You still, which I think is ridiculous. I think Sean McVay is a good coach, but you can't say Kyle Shanahan's a bust right now. Um, and, you, and you still have that. But I think that the Garoppolo trade has kind of calmed people down a little bit. And I also think that people are seeing, and Steph, we've talked about this a lot on the pod, a vision for the team and kind of what is going to happen in the future. And I would say the at least, maybe not the majority, but a fair amount of people that I interact with on my timeline kind of get what's going on. Um, but, you know, there's always, there's always those people. There's always yeah. one or a thousand or a million <laughs> who who will make, yeah. you know, that I'm pretty, I'm pretty active on Twitter, and especially the 49ers, you know, Twitter. And, um, you know, there's, there's the diehard fans that are always going to support, you know. And I really, you know, I was a pretty harsh critic of CJ at times because of his decision-making, and I did just get it. I didn't get what he was and there were opportunities and I think um, I was pretty harsh on him. Not that I don't love the 49ers. I just, I just didn't I didn't understand, you know, I didn't understand what he was doing and it was kind of a frustrating, you know, state of affairs for any fan and 49ers fans have had it rough. I mean, we've, we've had it rough you know, since I guess since the Super Bowl and going forward, it's just, it's been tough. It's been tough on 49ers fans. And so it's hard to be hopeful at, at times, but you know, at the beginning of this season, you know, I, there were so many people that were like, we're going to make the playoffs, <laughs> like all these things. But I just, there, it really goes to show how hard it is to not only win a Super Bowl, but to rebuild a team. But I do think it can happen. I just don't think that the 49ers fans are patient enough to see it go. I think the Raiders, even though they're kind of flailing right now, kind of showed how it can be done, you know, going from worst to a contender, you know, last year. So I do think that there are opportunities there for the 49ers. I think they have a good 
I think they're, what they're trying to do is lay a foundation. And um, it's going to be a long road. So, I don't know. I think they're doing a good job supporting each other. 49ers fans, they seem to do that even through the losses. We're just sort of uh, bearing through it. <laughs> but I, but I, and I do think a lot of people, especially recently, I think the idea of building a foundation, people are seeing that. Um, you know, I still get people who will say to me, like, well, you're not really a fan because you're not picking them to win and you're being critical. And I'm like, well, I am a fan, but I also cover the team and I, I'm watching the, you're watching, it's like, are you watching the games? Like you are watching the games, right? Like it's, it's, you know, so like when I picked them to lose against the Cowboys, I was told by a lot of people that I wasn't really a fan because I didn't pick them to win, which, you know what, listen, then, then I'm not. <laughs> I guess what can I do about it? It was really close, so, you know. I know, that game, picked, so it was, okay. it was my bad. Same with the Eagles. That was 100% on me to have not foreseen <laughs> what a fight that was going to be put up there. Um, exactly. But, so, but I, I do think fans kind of are coming together more. I think, I have to say, I think Jimmy Garoppolo has brought fans together, oddly enough, because everyone is excited about that, so it's given people something to be excited about. Um, so... I don't know. We'll see. But I, I would say it's not as bad as maybe it's been in years past, in what I, at least from my perspective. And, and we pick them every time when we shouldn't pick them, Tracy. Like we we do. Like, it's in my it's in my um, my game preview videos that I don't always pick them. Um, so that's where people seem to get mad at me. <laughs> but, like, we're like we're. The, they're going to beat the Seahawks. They're going to have a chance. <laughs> they were so wrong. So it's just, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes sometimes accuracy is, is not a bad thing. <laughs> no, accuracy is definitely not a bad thing. Um, so, you know, we'll see. So that's kind of funny. So uh, that's, that's. That's the deal with 49ers Twitter. <laughs> um, looking ahead. That was a lot of time to talk. I feel like we just gave 49ers Twitter. It's my fault. I asked the question, but I feel like we just gave 49ers Twitter, like, a huge platform. Like, uh, they're, all, they're great, but that was, that was a lot of time to talk about. But you know what it was? And you know what? They should, you're, you guys, you're welcome. 49ers Twitter, you're welcome. You're welcome. You got, you got a big platform to talk about. So let's talk about um, the game. We have. No matter who plays quarterback on Sunday, the 49ers have a right tackle issue to be dealt with. Uh, Eric Magnuson went on IR. Trent Brown may or may not be healthy, in which case it really doesn't matter who plays quarterback. Like, maybe no one should play quarterback. <laughs> they should call it. So there, um, that is going to be a real issue. But they are going up against the Browns. Now, Melissa, your husband is a Browns fan, correct? I'm sorry, Bears. Bears. I don't know why I said Browns. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a big Bears fan. And I apologize to Bears fans for confusing your team with the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Not too much different if you asked him. That's probably true. So he's a big Bears fan. And you had told me that last year's game was not maybe the most pleasant day in your household. No, it was. Well, oh, here's here's the thing. I don't know if, if you guys have thought of this. So if Jimmy Garoppolo starts Sunday, it is parallel to another quarterback who oh. entered a game for an injured player that started his career for the 49ers against yeah. Chicago, made his first start. Yes, so it's true. We already had like a little squabble about that when I pointed it out to him. <laughs> <laughs> In which case he responded and said, let's talk about last year's game. Oh, um, I can see how that went bad. The aforementioned quarterback, Colin Kaepernick, I believe had more rushing attempts than passing attempts. 
Um, I was at that game. It was it was yeah, a sight to really? be seen. I was. I was at the. I happened to be going to that game because a good friend of mine lives in the Bay, and another good friend of ours was from Chicago, and so we made a trip out of it. Um, yeah. And it was a sight to see. I'm sure you're still thawing uh, out from it. Or even, or even the home opener. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was at the game that Kaepernick started that, instead of Smith. I was at that game. Last year, I was not at the game. I will be at this oh, year's okay. game, but I was not at last year's oh, game. All right. Well, you made a good choice. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. I mean, it, it's this thing that, you know, like there's, uh, in, I mean, I, I wouldn't say, a, I'm trying to think of like the level of fight that we have. We don't fight that much. But it wouldn't be in, like, the hardcore, you know, long-term decision child fights, but in the little fights about, you know, like, what we're going to have for dinner or what movie we're going to see. When things get heated, that game gets brought up to me. How do you raise your children? That's my issue. What football religion are they? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, what football religion are they? I know. So I have a six-year-old um, who I, I, I talk about a lot on Twitter, and I have a three-year-old, and we um, we had both of them in D.C., and my six-year-old has just gone totally rogue, and he's a huge Washington fan. Oh, my uh, Oh. And we actually, we talk about the nickname, you know, we talk about the name a lot, and it's, you know, it's not working yet, but... I, you know, anyone has, you know, any, any parenting advice out there on how to, you know, teach your kid about a horrible racist nickname, but yeah, he's, he's a big Washington fan. And, you know, I guess the whole Kirk Cousins to San Francisco thing wasn't going to work out because he's, you know, loves Kirk Cousins. So I thought maybe that, you know, I could bring him over to the dark side. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. I just brainwashed my children. They have no choice. <laughs> they, I just, I've been inculcating that since they were little tiny babies. So I have and they're uh, 10 now, oh, and oh, they, wow. are, they are full-fledged. They don't have brainwashing children because it does not work right That's Well, yeah, I did that with my nieces and nephews. There's Washington, and um, yeah, it, it's, a very split, it's a very split household. It's, it's kind of strange, I guess. You live over there, so that makes sense. I think that's right. Don't you live in Washington? No, we, no. we actually live in the Bay Area now. I, we oh, moved in the right. summer. Okay, sorry. New York before that, but, you know, okay. five, four years ago I lived in. So it is funny that became he became such a Washington fan. I just totally brainwashed my nieces and nephews and bought every one of them Colin Kaepernick jerseys. Um, so, like, as far as they're concerned, he was, like, the only player that played. Um, except my niece asked me the other day if he was still on the team, and I told her no. And then she said, what team is he on? And I said, he's actually not on a team. And she said, oh, well, who took over for him on the 49ers and why isn't he on a team? And then we had to have a longer conversation. Yeah, I was like, well, Emma, <laughs> let's, let's talk this out. Um, I'll tell you a story about racism. Yeah, let me teach you. Um, but, <laughs> uh, what'd you. What'd you say? What was the last thing you said? I said white privilege. You gotta say, you have to like explain the whole. We'll just thing. start from the beginning. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It was a lot for six, but you know, <laughs> I had to. I gave up. What did I, I think that I put it for a six-year-old. I said, "Well, um, Colin Kaepernick has stood up for something he believed in, and not everybody agreed with him. And so right now, he doesn't get to play." And she was like, "Okay." I mean, I don't think she like. You know, she was like, "Okay." Thank you. And then 
we moved on. <laughs> that was the, my best way I could explain it. But no, that's very sweet. That's nice. It was, I think, for a six-year-old who's not my child, that was, like, the best way I can explain it. <laughs> Careful, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you say? Do you babysit? I do. I do. I do. <laughs> Melissa, for you, absolutely. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> I'll be in the bay tomorrow. If you need me, you just give me a call. I'll pop on over. Like, I'm sorry, I can't go to the Kyle Shanahan presser. I have more important work to do. Listen, if somebody could let me know who's playing quarterback, I'd appreciate it. I'm going to be with Melissa Jacobs' kids. Peterman, can you just send me a quick text and let me know? Thanks. Thank you so much. You should just bring him with you to the press conference. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's. I'm actually start. I don't know. It's kind of a slippery slope because I don't want his. So he almost knows more about football than I do. I mean, at least in terms of, you know, we play 20 questions and the answers wind up being like Robbie Anderson, the wide receiver for the Jets. Because I I have him playing fantasy with me this year. Oh, that's so so cute. Um, I saw like, his article on that, by the way. That article was just fantastic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it was it was after, I think I started it by saying how on a Monday morning, you know, and I'm up really yeah. late writing, and he woke me up to ask me about Amir Abdullah and Matt Stafford at like five in the morning. It's like, oh my God, what did I create? <laughs> um, but yeah, but he, on um, Sunday, watching the Chiefs game, I, and this is a couple, couple people that I made this up, but I did not. He walked in into the room. I have like my three TVs going. Um, that was, I guess, I'm kind of a humble brag. But he walked <laughs> in and said, um, "You know what happened to the Chiefs, mommy? They used to play well, and now they're doing stupid." Like he needs to ask that question to Andy Reid. That would be oh, the best. I would pay serious money to see your son say, "Andy, Coach Reid, what <laughs> happened to the Chiefs? Now they're playing stupid." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's not enough dysfunction in San Francisco, believe it or not, or otherwise I would bring it to a Niners presser. Um, that would be, I mean, could you even imagine, that would be kind of hilarious. I'd love to hear what he asked, <laughs> see what he could come up with. Um, so, all right, so we have Sunday's game. We have a house divided. Again, maybe dramatic for 1 in 10 versus 3 and 8, but still a <laughs> house divided nonetheless. Um, yeah. It's going to be, it'll be an interesting game because I, I, I don't think the Bears are very good, obviously. Um, I know they have a slightly better record than the Four Niners, but I don't actually know that they're better. Um, if Garoppolo does start, he will also be starting in his hometown. I'm not sure that does anything for him, but I don't know. Maybe it does. Um, I actually think the 49ers, I do say this every week, not every week, but on these kind of weeks, I actually think the 49ers might win this one. I... I mean, I agree, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to go all fangirl either, but um, the, I mean, wrong with I'm, that? I'm, I'm, subje- I'm subjected to Bears games every week. Um, it's sort of a morbid curiosity, even when my husband's watching them, you know, on his computer or something. And, I mean, if John Fox, he, 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 he's got, he's a goner. Like I have a, I have a Monday column and every week it's like, we're firing John Fox again. Um, <laughs> he, his play calling, it's like a 180 from Shanahan who, you know, neither of them have, you know, really any talent at receiver, you know, not, not much. Anyhow, honestly, the Niners might have more with, you know, Trent Taylor and Kittle and whatnot. But I mean, at least Shanahan is like inventive, trying different formations. I mean, John Fox is, 
his his play calling or the conservatism conservatism of John Fox will literally like put you in your grave early. It's so <laughs> frustrating to watch when you have Mitchell Trubisky under center, like this, you know, gunslinger kid. Um, so if he follows suit and keeps his play calling the way it's been, like, you know, every game for the last three years, then I think the 49ers will win. I, yeah, I, I, I'm saying 49ers too. I'm not trying to be a homer. I, you know, but I just, I saw the whole Bears game last week, and I just couldn't believe it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I'm just thinking, you know, if they play like they played before, I, I think the 49ers have as good a shot as any to win game two. So, you know, let's hope. I, I mean, and also I think they are going to win two games this year, and it's this one or Houston, and I think this is a better shot. Um, <laughs> so I think I think that will – I think that will be it. So, you know, I'm going to go – Based on that, um, you know, we'll see. Again, there is going to be, there's a right tackle issue that needs to be dealt with. Um, but we'll see. And if Eric Reed balls out the way he did last week, um, that can help the situation as well. That's just, that was just an Eric Reed plug, really. I just wanted to plug him and he had a great game. <laughs> I just wanted to. Was he your favorite 49er? No, not necessarily. I just felt like you got to give good credit where credit's due. Um. Uh, Just as we were about to end the podcast, um, I have some breaking news. Jimmy Garoppolo will, in fact, start on Sunday for the 49ers. So, guys, we were right. Yes! (laughs) We were, so we were uh, 100% right. Um, So that's that. So with that being said, it's, it's Jimmy time. It's officially Jimmy time in Santa Clara. So see what he got. Here we go. Yeah. Go Jimmy. Go Niners. Go Niners. (laughs) Um, All right, ladies. Well, thank you for joining me. That was good timing. Glad we got that information right as we were winding (laughs) this down. And uh, there we go. Right. All right. Thanks well, for having. Thank I'm you. I'm gonna for go just- back to Jersey now. Okay. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.